Listen to Natty News. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Natty News, the nattiest news show in the world. My name is Anna Danani, and I am joined once again with Pat Adonis Wu. And Pat, today we have an incredibly special guest. I'm really excited about this guest we have here, and we have some great questions to hear, and um, really looking forward to it. So, Pat, can you give us the introduction of our guest today? Absolutely. Um, today, we're really excited to have on Owen Chow. Owen is the owner of uh, the gym Amphit in Richmond, BC. Um, and athletically, he was also a former high-level national wushu athlete. And the funny story is that I first met Owen when I was uh, about 10 or 11 years old, learning wushu, not being able to do flips, not jacked. And and uh, I really looked up to Owen back then because because uh, he was really killing it. And and I got to say that that's had some influence on myself and my journey in fitness. Um, you know, I and Owen is one of the we really want to have him on because he's a true student of strength, um, especially in the strong first uh, system of training. He's taken all the certifications, also taught internationally. Um, and just from following his Instagram um, has great meticulous form and training. And, uh, you know, I think almost everybody uh, could have a lot to learn from him. So, Owen, how are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me on the show, guys. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, um, yeah, we'll we'll get right into it. So, you know, we mentioned the the wushu bit, but again, when I knew you um, while you were doing it, I was but a kid and I, I really didn't know what was going on. So tell us a little bit about uh, your wushu career. What were the heights you you met? And then maybe kind of, you know, uh, what led to that coming to a close? Because at some point, obviously, you became a trainer, a gym owner and, and a business owner, right? Uh, yeah, well, uh, originally I was kind of forced into it by my uh, mom, actually. Uh, I was 13. I, I basically just, you know, went to school. I didn't do the homework. I didn't, like, basically went home to watch TV and I, like, didn't do anything. And I guess there were uh, um, a lot of attempts to get me into a cadets, some form of cadets, cadets, army cadets, whatever. I was like, no, if you want to put me in something, put me in a martial art. And I was kind of bluffing. And she threw me in a class and I asked if I can learn like a straight sword. And, and I basically like fell in love with the whole thing when he said yes, obviously. <laughs> so nice. uh, yeah, basically from there I was hooked. Um, I, I, I don't even know how it began to like get incredibly obsessed with it because I know I went from like, you know, training two, three days a week to kind of out on my own six, seven days a week of just consistent training just because it's like what I wanted to get good at. It's, it's, it's actually hard to imagine what I was thinking as good because, uh, you know, looking back, it's like, ah, oh, that's a little bit excessive. But, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, so you were saying you were like 10, uh, so you're like uh, a young kid, like kind of like 10 ish years old and you started doing this wushu. What kind of gave you that like initiative to want to train so much? Uh, well, I, I, uh, I started learning sword and then a lot of the things, a lot of the stances and, and Pat, I'm sure Pat can kind of remember like a lot of stances, things like you just need to have this body awareness to know, like, is this leg straight? Is this leg bent enough? Is like, you know, this foot position, so on and so forth. I remember um, when I first learned it, it was just like, how am I going to ever remember all these things? Cause you're constantly moving through all these different positions, fast, slow, like pausing, whatever. And 
somehow back then it was like, how am I supposed to be in this perfect alignment, this perfect position, this perfect pose and like be able to remember all this. It's like, that's impossible. So I don't, I don't like, so I just kept practicing over time. I kind of figured it out. Uh, well, you know, a lot of time in practice, it started kind of picking things up. Um, there was something that really like opened up my eyes to just like what I was capable of or what, what humans are capable of really. And it was uh, the aerial, which is like a no-handed cartwheel. I trained, like I drilled that thing for like a year couldn't do it. My brother did it first. I was like super jealous. And it was just one of those things that maybe I'll just do wushu for the rest of my life without ever doing that. Right. Because I was just stuck. Like I hit a wall. Like there's no way I was going to be able to pull that off. And when I finally hit that move, when I finally pulled it off, it was like, whoa, I could do anything. And that's kind of where like, uh, like that, that epiphany has taken me. And that's kind of what I believe strength training can do for other people without the same, like specialization, which, cause you know, when I was younger, everyone should do wushu. Honestly, yeah. it was like, you try to bring all your friends in. Most people aren't interested. Um, they think it's like, they think it's cool or whatever, but like no one really cares to do something so specialized, <laughs> but strength training, like if we're talking about practicality, the regular person should definitely do it as you guys know. <laughs> Nice, nice. Well, that's that's relatable. Um, the the whole bit about the aerial. Um, Anwar's currently working on his on his handstand. Um, nice. I I obviously I really regret not not taking wushu more seriously. Like I, you know, I always wanted to be able to do like a butterfly twist and like things like an aerial. Um, and then I did cheer at some point, and and listeners know how busted I I feel doing backflips because it just it never happened for me. And that's really cool. So I mean, you broke through with that. And then, so I know nowadays you have a lot of those tumbling skills. You've got back handspring, back tuck. Um, how did that all, all progress? So, you know, in a wushu gym, um, how were you able to be, um, I guess, coaching that? Like, was was your coach a tumbling expert himself? Um, and how I much learned, of it was formal versus self-learning? Uh, so so Bruce Fontaine, like my coach, when you were around, was, like yeah. he, he did a lot of tumbling stuff. I could never learn the tumbling stuff. I didn't have the patience for it, to be honest with you. I was good at all the wushu stuff, you know, like the front jump, the tornado, the aerial, the butterfly, butterfly twist, like all those things I could do. But a backflip, back handspring, like all that, like front tuck, just, I don't think I didn't have the patience for it at the time. Oh. Because I was good at like wushu stuff and to like in that, like when I was younger, I guess in that age, it was just, you know, like I'm already at this level here. Why would I work on something with, that I like I can't do? Which is why 10 years later, I kind of started picking it up again because like I'm <laughs> staying in relatively good shape. I like doing these things. Like I want to be able to do them. I know I can physically do them. I just don't know how to do them. <laughs> so like I finally just like, took it upon myself to like show up and start training. And uh, it's been very rewarding to do, honestly. It's it's fun, it's been fun. So Owen, when I hear that stuff, I love it. So as Pat was mentioning, I've been working on my handstands and my cartwheels and 
Um, I was like the complete opposite as you as a kid. Um, instead of going and getting off the TV and doing something, I just stayed at the TV. Um, <laughs> so like I never I did much gymnastics or anything. I did karate for a bit, but I couldn't even do a somersault as a kid. But now as an adult, like I've really been getting more into all those different types of stuff. And as Pat mentioned, I've been trying to learn to do cartwheels and the handstands and all that. I find as an adult, it's really tricky. Like I'm watching videos of like oh, eight-year-old yeah. girls doing cartwheels, being like, "Why can't I do this?" <laughs> we got a lot more weight to carry now, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and so I think one of the things I want to ask you because I saw on like your Instagram, you do some crazy stuff. What would be some advice you would give for people like me and maybe other people who didn't have that gymnastics background and how they can maybe start getting into some of this, like tumbling, getting into some of this stuff? I think one of the biggest things is if you want to take it seriously, like just general strength training is incredibly important at first because in terms of like uh, just body preparedness, you're going to be way better off than most people that way. Um, have a good general level of flexibility because you're going to go in much like further ranges than you would be used to if you're normally at a desk job. Uh, I think one of the best things about kind of taking this stuff up again is it forces me to stretch. Uh, whereas honestly, I didn't, I didn't need to, uh, for like the past 10 years, I was, I was flexible enough for the stuff that I did for the stuff that I needed to do. If I want to be able to, you know, kick vertically or, you know, like flip and do like be in a split, that's where it's like, it requires a very specialized level of flexibility that, you know, you have to train for obviously. Nice. Nice. So it's kind of like make that base first and then build upon that. Yeah, I'd say so. Like you can definitely work on it simultaneously. It's just if you're going to jump into some acrobatic training, definitely ease into it. Um, things people are not aware of is like it's going to take like it's going to be hard on your ankles, knees and hips if you have not jumped for like I like let's say you're in your mid 20s and like last time you did this was like when you're 15 or whatever. It's it's been a while, right? Don't expect yourself to be able to do what you're able to do back then. Just ease into it and uh, give your body time to adapt. Fantastic. That's great advice. Sweet. So, um, I mean, so, you know, nowadays you're, you're back into that. And then, um, you know, back then you worked with Brutes, who I also worked with a little bit. What what was the peak level you reached um, in Wushu? I, I know you've done it at the national level. Was there an international level um, that you were able to do it at? Unfortunately, no. Um, I, I missed the team a couple of times on my last year in 2011. I, I it's, 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 it's a routine-based sport, as you know, but for those that don't, it's a routine-based sport. I dropped my sword, and then I was, I believe, fifth place overall, which I think I needed to be to make the team. And, that, you know, it was, uh, you know, it was a miss. But um, by that point in my career, I had like i honestly didn't care anymore i, I kind of lost interest in the sport um there was a lot of how the sport was changing and progressing to cater towards moving it into the olympics um and it became kind of like gymnastics where you do a couple moves and then you do a pass and gymnastics is super cool but like honestly gymnastics is like a much crazier level of stuff like the part that made wushu cool was the movements right was like the the martial movements in between the and like like uh those movements combined with these powerful like just like almost 
superhuman looking jump kicks where they float for a moment, they land in the splits, uh, even if yeah. they're not necessarily spinning two times, like just, just this, like this unbelievable floating moment of these athletes. It's just like, that's, that's kind of what drew me into it and like kept me for, you know, like eight or nine years before I slowly started losing interest and kind of competed because I was still, I was just in it, you know? Right, right, right. So, I mean, I mean, that's obviously unfortunate, but you know, I, I know that soon after at some point, and this is the part of the story I don't know. I know you did Wushu. I know you were good. And I also know you opened a gym and that you became a trainer, but what sort of happened between that? Uh, what led you on the road to want to become a personal trainer? I read a little bit on your blog that originally you had at, um, aspirations for physical therapy, um, mm -hmm. but clearly you haven't gone that route. So tell us a little bit about that. Well, I, I'm going to be, well, I haven't really gone to a physical therapist ever, or a physiotherapist ever, not to say that you shouldn't. Uh, it's just, it, you know, like I know athletes I've met nowadays have all gone to physiotherapy or like many have. And um, I, I guess just like back in the day, they like you didn't see them as or, like they weren't as prominent or around. And like, I just didn't know about them when I was a Wushu athlete, to be honest with you. Yeah. So um, I used to have like, you know, with Wushu, you get, you, you, you uh, are working your legs a lot. You, there's lots of impact involved. Um, I used to have some knee pains from all the jumping and landings that we did. And then I started taking strength training seriously. And then magically all the pain disappeared. And I've never had an issue with my knees or anything since. And, uh, and kind of from that, I was like, oh, we should all do strength training guys. But you know, like the old school mentality is no, you're going to get too big and you're going to get too slow and it's going to like make you a slow or poor wushu athlete. And, uh, so from there it was like, okay, well, like, I, I don't really want to try to force it on, uh, I guess like the school and the other athletes. So I'm just gonna, I, I kind of like, I was just doing my own training, was in the gym all the time, obviously, as I'm sure you guys were for a while. <laughs> and then, yep. uh, and then eventually like a lot of people kept asking me questions and like uh, at the gym, cause they just saw me training. And it's like, oh, maybe I should like look into personal training. And then it just kind of like went in from there. Um, fortunately, I was able to train and teach students out of uh, Bruce's Wushu school back in the day. Oh, okay. Like he, he let me uh, rent it out for a very, very reasonable price. Cause I was a, like a young student and uh, obviously didn't make very much. And uh, it definitely helped me get things started. And uh, I think over the years it's evolved into basically imagining as if, well, not imagine like trying to help all the people that felt the way I did when I was gay, just like, you know, like you don't have, I suppose, like the confidence or awareness that you can do more. Um, just like the idea that, you know, for some people, it's like, oh, I'm just going to live in this pain or I'm going to live in this discomfort or this is all I'm ever going to be able to do because I'm born this way. Whereas, you know, as you guys know, with very basic training, you can open up a lot of doors, you can open up a lot of possibilities. And that's kind of the beauty of what we do. Nice. Very, very cool. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, I think both of us are quite aligned with that path that string training just has a really 
good return on investment. I don't think many people have done serious strength training and made no benefits and not enhanced their life. Yeah. So that, that's really cool. And so I looked a little bit into your education and I believe you went to Langara for kinesiology, correct? I did, yeah. So I, the, the plan was to do that, go through UBC and then get my certified strength and conditioning specialist and probably go into physiotherapy as, as we mentioned. But uh, for one, honestly, I'm not very good in school. Uh, uh, yeah, it's, I need to be like doing the thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I, I love to hear it. And as a fellow alumna, alumna, alumni of the Harvard of Canada, Lingera, I'm happy to have you on. Um, as well as I love the whole, I do love that idea though, because I feel like people put such a high emphasis on certain certifications. And like, it's great to see people who kind of also see like, you know what, I'm just going to learn from doing like, that's just the way I want it. That's the way I want to teach and kind of build my base from. And it's great to see you kind of also being able to succeed and show that like, hey, you know what, if you want to do something and school's not your way, there's other paths, like just go out there, do it and grow from it. Yeah, exactly. hundred percent. Like, and um, I mean, speaking of Langara, like that's where I, I met Coach Bot. Coach Bot kind of led me to the RKC and where uh, Strong First lets you now. And, uh, you know, like when I heard of that, it was like, oh, that sounds really hard. I want to try that. And uh, just for the sake of like going through the challenge, but I learned so much more than I could ever imagine from just taking that weekend course. And, uh, and I'm, I'm very happy to be involved with the organization now and like teaching the courses and, and promoting that in Canada. Actually, um, that's a great transition to talk a little more about um, your work with uh, Coach Bot. Uh, for those who are not aware, we're talking about Carmen Bot, who is an amazing trainer as well, um, teaches and lectures at Langara. Uh, can you maybe talk a little more about that experience you had with her? She's a great teacher, and she knows that I'm not the most optimal student, but she was very good and like helped me with a lot of stuff. <laughs> Um, but like uh, a lot of it, she, she taught me about, uh, really wanting to gain your own experience versus just kind of like listening to one person and, and whatnot. And, uh, and just like, yeah, that, like that being an incredibly important part of it all. And, uh, yeah, what I have to say about that. Yeah. Just. I, you know what? Just incredibly fortunate to, to have learned from her. I, I wish I, I was a better well, student. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I mean, I think she'd be very proud to see what you've accomplished, though. Um, you know, it's not the degree that matters. It's what you end up doing, you know, for the field in the end. And, and I think you've done really well, especially to promote um, the art of using the kettlebell. And uh, I think that's a good transition there. What led you to to doing strong first. I mean, you're where I actually heard of strong first for the first time. And, uh, you're definitely one of the most capable, um, practitioners of a kettlebell that I know. Um, and you clearly, uh, see the benefit in it. What led you to strong first and why do you think the kettlebell is such a valuable tool that might be underused? So, well, as I mentioned, uh, Carmen, Carmen, uh, kind of pushed or mentioned it. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to do that. And when I started doing the training, like I was doing 
I basically wanted to do it all. I did Olympic weightlifting. I did, you know, just general powerlifting, kettlebell training, bodyweight training, all the stuff. And when I did my kettlebell certification, I learned a lot of stuff, but still I was like, okay, everyone should still learn how to use the barbell, learn a little bit of Olympic weightlifting, you know, just know all the stuff. But over the years, as time has, you know, obviously decreased in the gym and of course, I also don't want to necessarily spend as much time training as I did back in my younger years. Um, I finally find that all the things that these older coaches and people that I've learned but from ha that have been talking about kettlebells being pretty well your best overall thing, I'm finally getting to the point where, you know, I went from, I don't want to be the kettlebell guy. Like, I'm not the kettlebell guy. We do a lot of other stuff too. Now, yeah, basically I'm the kettlebell guy. Let me tell you why. <laughs> like, as, as you know, I was really into weightlifting. Um, but at the end of the day, when I do gym training, like, what are, like, what are my main goals here? Uh, I want to build a little bit of muscle mass. I want to build a little bit of strength. And I don't want to spend a lot of time doing it. Uh, with Olympic weightlifting, I love Olympic weightlifting. I watched it in the Olympics. It makes me really want to do it again. But, like, to, for me to get to a very high level of it, it, not to, to not say that it's not realistic. I, it's not realistic with the amount of time I want to put into it, right? Yeah. And that's what most people don't see in their training in general because, you know, it's like, oh, I want to do this cool thing. I want to do that cool thing. I want to do that. And it's like, okay, how much time are you willing to actually put into it? Uh, two hours a week. So, you know, like practically speaking, that may not be the best option for you. And when it comes down to it with, like kettlebell training that we do, it tends to cover a lot of your bases. The kettlebell moves with your body rather you needing to adjust to like say the barbell because you know your hands are basically stuck on the barbell and you have to adjust to said barbell. Um, and uh, let, let's say like the, the mobility requirements of a rack position in general for many people is incredibly difficult to get to. Where with a barbell, I was saying, I was saying, um, but with a kettlebell, it's like your wrist is neutral and it kind of sits on your forearm and most people are feeling, but relatively speaking, it's a lot easier of a learning curve, right? Nice. Um, needing to warm up to that other than just getting used to that pressure. It basically takes no warm up. you know, like there are those things like time considerations for you know, busy, like busy people that don't even want to train, right? Olympic weight, like not, not just like putting out Olympic weightlifting, but basically general strength sports that people tend to go to the gym for, because now they're, they started going to the gym. They're aiming for higher lifts and whatnot. Super cool. If they really enjoy it and they like putting the time into it. Great. But then on the other end of the spectrum, there are people that barely want to go to the gym. Like they, like, you, you, you drag them over there. They're finally there. Now I'm going to give them the thing that's easiest to do. That's going to be most convenient. That can give them the most bang for the buck. And at the end of the day, that's kettlebell training for me because it provides them with a little bit of cardiovascular endurance, provides them with strength, mobility, power. Um, as we all get older, we're going to lose muscle mass. We're going to lose bone density. We're going to lose power and kettlebell. You can also use Olympic weightlifting for that, obviously, but the learning curve for kettlebell training is much, much easier. Yep. I, I mean, this is probably the best advertisement for kettlebells I've ever heard in my life. No, I, and in all seriously, I, I really agree as someone who weightlifts a not a lot nowadays, 
the time thing and the warm up thing is is so relatable. I mean, yeah, you have to warm up for it. it takes me 15, 20 minutes um, just to you know get my get my hips in order, my ankles, uh, my shoulders, my shoulders again. Like it's yeah, and then and then the training itself. I think the difference is that that is a sport at the end of the day, and you're not just here to lift. The point of Olympic lifting is that it's not simple. That's kind of the yeah. point of it. Like it's, you know, you when you practice. It's super awesome, though, right? It's, yeah, it's so fun. But you know, yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like you're supposed to be meticulous. The goal is not just to lift weights; it's to like improve your technique and do everything nicely and beautifully. And and yeah, the kettlebell is like I've gotten some programming from uh, from my coach on off weeks to do some kettlebell stuff. And yeah, I can just jump into it. I'm not even probably doing it beautifully, but it's still safe. Even if I don't do it optimally, it's still safe and it's it's still able to get done. And and I agree with that. It's and yeah, for general people, it's and if you only have 30 minutes, it's probably a really good bang for your buck. Yeah, and if you can kind of take a little bit of that mentality of fine-tuning your technique that you do with Olympic weightlifting and apply that to kettlebell training, you you'll like you'll also get a lot more benefit from it but like most people don't because usually it's like kettlebells are light you can only do so much like you can only do like cardio training with kettlebells you can only you know like you can only do conditioning with kettlebell training it doesn't build strength um but i beg to differ because honestly kettlebells are really tough sometimes <laughs> they haven't tried like a 95 pound get up or whatever crazy stuff <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah like and well, I, I like the get up. Oh, like when I started doing jujitsu, get the get the get up was just kind of like a magic magic cheat code. It was just like get up, ah, escaped. <laughs> not not to say that everyone does jujitsu, but the get up is uh, is a very useful move. As a jujitsu practitioner myself, I full heartedly agree. Like that is just basically how you escape side mount every time. Yeah, exactly. That was the first thing that I learned, like uh, one of the black belts that teaches us. Um, it's like everything is a getup, and I was like, "What? <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> sweet! I do those. I do those a lot." I I think one of my favorite parts of doing jujitsu is realizing how useless my five hundred pound deadlift really was. <laughs> it's 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 like it. I wouldn't say it's useless, but it, you get to a point of diminishing diminishing returns, right? Just like anything. Yeah. Um, and like, definitely I would maintain that deadlift to the best of your ability, but at, at a certain point chasing the numbers, unless you're competing in a strength sport, it's like, we're like, to what end, right? It's just like running, like, okay, I'm going to run for distance. I'm just going to keep going longer and, and further to what end, right? Like, are you just going to end up running like five hours a day just so that you can make the same amount or like just to keep progressing? So like practically speaking, it doesn't really make sense. So the way I see it is at the very least for most people, I feel like they should build to a certain level of strength and skill proficiency. And from there, if you choose to go beyond and you want to like gaming for more weights or whatever, that's up to you, right? But at the very least, learn the fundamentals, build the foundation of strength, good, get decent ability, and then like enjoy the rest of your life if you're, if you're not a big gym goer. It's just that people avoid that, right? <laughs> No, definitely. And I fully agree with that. I kind of feel like like our bodies can do some pretty crazy stuff. So I feel like it's important to get to like a fundamental level where like 
you can like be this strong or you have this much endurance and then at that base level then if you want to specialize in something like if you want to run for seven eight hours you want more power for you i can't yeah. do that but if you want to that's great it's your life but i kind of feel like avon should have a certain base level and then you can specialize and do whatever you want from there exactly yeah totally all right like when I was younger, I was of the mindset that it's like, you know, well, I did wushu. So I'm like, really good shape. I can do all the stuff, right? Yeah. But now I, I don't really care. It's like, <laughs> that's what you guys train for. This is what I train for. I can do the stuff I enjoy at a decent level. And that's, that's all that matters. All right. I can move furniture when I need to without like stressing too much about it. I can help people like do whatever. But if, you're having trouble with that it's like maybe you should consider doing a little bit of strength training so let's actually start transitioning a bit from your own career and your own accomplishments and into like now you as a trainer and you starting up Amfit. can you maybe talk a little bit about the challenges the mistakes the whole process and mission you had for that company well in, in the beginning i i worked uh, at several gyms uh the ymca and the olympic and uh, one of the things that you like that you always find is they upgrade a lot of equipment, um, you know, like nicer elliptical or treadmill with better TVs and better phone connections and better, like, all these other things. And you just see people like doing the hamster wheel thing, which I personally don't agree with. Uh, it, like, I mean, if, if you enjoy doing it, cool. But, uh, you know, and that's where they spend the money. Honestly, that's where the, they spend the money. And to me, it's like, oh, I don't really agree with this. And I can't necessarily say anything because it's not my place to say. We just have to keep the membership happy and, you know, clean the equipment and make sure everyone's safe. So from there, that kind of led me to, it's like, oh, if I want to do something about it, I just have to have my own place so I don't have to, like, deal with, you know, all these things and just do what I want to do. So that's kind of what I did. And, uh, so I opened up Amfit, or I, I started doing some group classes out of the martial arts studio, uh, Bruce Martial Arts Studio. And then, uh, you know, we kind of built it up. I did private training as well, of course. And then eventually I got enough, like, students to finally, like, get my own small place. And, uh, well, at first we opened up on Burrard, which, you know, oh. I... I it was a very short period and we had some issues there. So we moved back and then we ended up opening up in Richmond, which was way better. Um, we just had like a lot of noise complaints, strata issues, just like a bunch of other things that uh, costed me a lot of money. Didn't like not, not worth dealing with, but you know, you live and learn. And uh, in Richmond, it was just a random warehouse in a corner somewhere by Home Depot. And the suppose it looked a little bit shady. But it was kind of like a nice hidden area where it, it became like our home. Yeah. Um, what do I ask? Uh, yeah. And then, yeah, that was uh, six years ago. And then we moved into our new location now, our current location, which uh, feels like it's only been three years. But it's been double that time, and time just flies. and. I suppose the pandemic makes that fly even faster. Yeah, so we moved the new space. I fortunately Victor was opening up his gym and we I sold my equipment to him and Kevin and I swapped out to the new equipment that we have now. Oh. 
I see. I didn't. So, so Amber, he's preferring a victory at Apex, which you, you've been there. Oh, I didn't. I didn't know that happened. And and also, I think uh, you sold some stuff to Jeremy Martin at some point, right? I did. I like so basically, if you look at our gym equipment, there's been a lot of. There's been a lot of turnaround. So I have a lot of stuff that, or we had a lot of stuff that we got didn't really use and then we kind of like sold it off and swapped it out or what what have you um and and part of it is just over time just seeing what will get the best use what gets like uh we used to have six weightlifting platforms originally when i opened up the new space because i was very into weightlifting and i had planned to like keep up with the weightlifting team but over the years again as i mentioned i progressed into I don't necessarily want to build a competitive team. I am more focused on just helping your regular people get stronger, healthier, and enjoying their everyday lives. And uh, so we ended up selling off all those platforms. Now we just have a big open space with rack side, and we we do focus fundamentally on a lot of kettlebell training. <laughs> Not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> If you had said anything but kettlebell training there as a focus, I would have been very, very surprised. I never, like, honestly, as much as you guys see and you're like, yeah, he's a kettlebell. Back in the day, I'm like, no, no way. Like, that would not happen. I don't believe that will ever happen. And here we are now. Because, you know, like, I train half an hour and, you know, I do some squats after the fact. But otherwise, you know, doing that three times a week versus two and a half hours a day maybe six days a week of Olympic weightlifting because I was very obsessed with it. Not that you have to do that, but there was a lot of time involved when I used to do that stuff. Or even back in the, the days where I worked at other gyms and did more like bodybuilding style training where you're doing, you know, like five or six different exercises for the same body parts and, you know, many, 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 many sets. <laughs> nice. Well, I'm really curious, you know, for those of, for anyone who follows you on Instagram, you would think that all Owen Chow does is, work out at Amfit, make steak, and go to flight club, club at night. But that's clearly not your day. Walk us through a day in your life and, and kind of how it, you know, because it's always interesting to see how someone who owns a gym kind of works around their day. And it's, you know, a lot of gym owners struggle with keeping their own fitness and activities up. And I think you're someone who's done um, probably like doing really, really well from, from all the people I know. So maybe tell us a bit about that. I am... I, I mean, like, I, I like to live a certain way. So I like to have time. So I only schedule, like, sessions with students at specific times because I also have other things I need to do. Um, so I usually wake up, you know, get ready to go to the gym. I train. I basically do I, – I, I accidentally do intermittent fasting. I don't specifically try to do it, but people ask. And, like, yeah, I basically do it by accident because that's just, like – based on convenience, I just don't eat until after I train people. So that's how it's been and I'm used to it. So I wake up, I train, I do a couple of sessions, usually uh, two to four sessions in the morning. So just two, four hours, finish around noon or 1 p.m., give or take. And then uh, I have the afternoon off until about 5.30. So in the afternoons, I am either going to flight club, uh, doing jujitsu, um, taking care of dogs. <laughs> or helping out at the restaurant when I can. Um, although I haven't needed to be there as, as often now, luckily. And, uh, and other than that, maybe programming when I need to do 
that type of stuff. Um, and then in the evening we have like our evening sessions, which everything's been cut back a little bit due to COVID. So we currently only have like the single evening session and, and then in the evening, that's, uh, that's free time for me and, or I go back to the restaurant and help out a little bit here and there, depending on the day. And, uh, I do it over again. That sounds like a pretty. That sounds like a pretty good good routine. And you sound like someone who who keeps a relatively meticulous, but but otherwise very very happy routine going. Yeah, yeah. I'm very I'm very weird about my routines. <laughs> <laughs> Tend to want the training done in the morning, right? You 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 wake up early, you get it done, so that you don't feel tempted to put it off. Uh, I used to definitely train in the afternoons because I was not a morning person, but. Uh, I also didn't expect myself to become a morning person. So, you know, the world will surprise you. Yeah. Well, you mentioned before, too, that most of the people you train are kind of like, you know, just someone who wants to get a little more fit, just like your average person. But we've got, we know also you've trained Liu Kang himself, Ludi Lin. So we want to talk a little bit about like, how was that experience of being like a celebrity trainer, like a movie star trainer? Like, how was that? I, you know, I wish I could tell you that uh, I'm a celebrity trainer, but Ludi and I were just friends before. He actually technically <laughs> helped start Amphit back in the day before he pursued right. acting. Oh, things you learn. Things you learn. <laughs> Um, we, we used to, he used to train at the YMCA. That's where we met each other originally. And, uh, well, we're friends. We're, we're good friends that, uh, you know, we, we kind of started Amphit together and, uh, he wanted to pursue acting and I was like, I want to open a gym. So, you know, we kind of, we kind of did our thing and, uh, we both support each other in our endeavors and he's clearly doing very well. And, uh, for that Intel thing, he was like, called me up, uh, can I like shoot something for men's health at the gym? I'm like, okay. And I did not expect to be in the shot because I thought there would be a voiceover. It's like, just describe the movement. And I was like, okay, we're going to voiceover this, right? And anyway, so that's why you'll see me like looking down as I'm like talking about it. Anyway. So, yeah. So, yeah, we're, 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 we're good buddies. I've known him for... like years or something like that but if you've seen ludi back in the day he's a big guy oh yeah yeah so we we basically like swapped weights i remember back in the day i was probably like 160 170 or something like that and he was like 185 190 200 pounds and now he's i'm probably closer to that and ludi's like 150 or something like that <laughs> Very well, as someone who, I mean, like being in the wushu circles, and I know a lot of people pursue um, being a stuntman, being an actor, and, and among those things. Did you ever dabble um, in those sort of careers, uh, stunting, acting? So I, I was originally pursuing stunt work uh, before oh. I opened the gym. Um, but again, I was too young to have the patience to really focus on doing the, the work. And uh I suppose COVID being a little bit of a blessing, having a little bit more time, I started doing more acrobatic stuff, started doing a little bit more fight choreography again, and you know, wanting to really get my foot in the door for doing a little bit of stunt work these days, if possible. Um, and, and also trying to pursue acting because 
back in the day, I didn't have the confidence or like the willingness to try to like get out of my shell to do that. So I guess this is like official. I guess I'm trying to act everyone on the internet that watched this. <laughs> um, yeah, I the my, first my, time I've heard. Yeah, I actually got my first acting role in a small, uh, on, a, on a Netflix show, which is like a couple lines, but uh, that was a really hey, cool Congratulations. Experience. Yeah, thank you. And uh, I'll let you guys know when that ever comes out. <laughs> but they might cut me out. Like, I don't know if you guys watch Friends. They might cut me out like Joey. <laughs> and then I'll just like get all my friends together. We're going to watch this. And then like, uh, <laughs> and I'll have to make a fake scene or something. Anyway. Um, yeah. So got that. Uh, there's a lot of uh, shows coming up just in Vancouver. So and I, I do know a lot of people in the industry, so to not try to pursue something that I'm interested in is kind of silly to do. So, you know, I'm going to see what I can do. I'm going to try my best, and I'm just going to get better. And uh, the acrobatic stuff, while it helps, is not the specific thing that it, I need to do. That's kind of just for my own, like, wanting to be able to do stuff. Very cool. Were you, you must have been influenced somewhat by your brother, Osric, who um who's been in in a lot of shows himself i used to watch legends of tomorrow and it was um i remember being very surprised i'm like this guy looks a lot like owen chow when it came out and and it turns <laughs> out he was your brother <laughs> how, how did that relationship go and i think he did wushu with you as a kid too right so again it all it all branched out uh yeah so osric uh he's an actor and over the pandemic he moved back here we we all partnered up and opened uncle's uh, snack shop on uh, number th Westminster, close to number three. Um, go check it out. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so basically, I was helping him do a lot of self tapes and auditions and stuff. And then he's like, "You should try to do this." And luckily for me, I actually had an agent at the time. From a random, I did a random stunt job like two years ago on a commercial. The commercial you can probably check out. It's like the Little Wayne Ghost Recon commercial. I'm just one of the people that get beat up. Like, you know, you, like the bad guys that they recycle. So, like, you know, they kick you, he dies. And then, like, nothing comes in. So there were, like, ten of us. And I, I got that job, which led me to getting an agent. And that agent referred me to one of their film and television agents, which we sent a tape to. And I, I got an official, like, film and TV agent from that nice yeah well you know um the fact that you have even a few lines in a netflix show in my mind you're a movie star so celebrity trainer movie star and business owner like doing all this wow. at once uh, thanks anwar <laughs> <laughs> as you can see i don't have i don't have much uh level of requirements for those but <laughs> i was i'm a little I'll curious take it. i'm a little curious about like the whole um being an entrepreneur right now during COVID with not only your gym, but also the restaurant you're doing with your brother, like how has that been over the last year or two going through this pandemic? Well, the, the restaurant was open around March, right? We, I, I kind of joined in with my wife last minute cause we were just helping them build out the restaurant and we just really liked what they were doing. And we just asked if we could be a part of it. And, uh, and, and that's just kind of how it happened. Really didn't never expected to, to do that at all, to be honest with you. But uh, I mean, 
when I was younger, I stuck to one lane. I did wushu. That was like that was my life. That was everything that I did. Um, over the years, I've kind of branched out into doing a lot more stuff because I think due to that additional confidence or like really like what's the worst that it can happen like you just try you just try to do something uh and honestly i feel like life is just more fulfilling that way <laughs> like you know let's just give this a shot and see where it takes us so yeah opening uncles is incredibly random but <laughs> we're very proud of it and uh and we're, we're looking for some more like the, you'll, you'll expect to see some changes, some good changes, to, uh, and uh, some really good food from there. We also, Definitely. well, on top of that, there's actually going to be a, hopefully once renovations are, are complete, we're going to open a place on Main Street close to oh. Broadway. New wow. location. We're getting all kinds of announcements here, none of which I we predicted. That that uh, I well there there was all already some new stuff about that. It's called Sayola. S A O L A. Okay. Well, we technically are a new show, Pat. So we're breaking some new news again. <laughs> oh man. Um, no, but that's awesome, and definitely are gonna have to check out the new location. And for all of our listeners, if you're in the Vancouver Richmond area, definitely check out Uncle Snack Shop. I do want to go back to training for a bit because when I go on your Instagram, I do see a lot of great stunting work. I see a lot of kettlebells, but I also see some velo velocity-based training. And you are actually the first person I've actually talked to who seems to be pretty into it, into the VPT training of kind of measuring the not only your reps and sets, but the speed you work with the weight. So can you maybe talk a little bit about what got you into it and why you kind of um what why you see some good in it? Well, what well, one of the things I mentioned about kettlebell training is it helps develop power as well. Um, mm -hmm. Just like that that push band that they came out with in general, it was just interesting to me. Like I, I honestly still need to play around with it some more to really learn about it. But because there's such an emphasis on power for the ballistic movements in kettlebell training. It just kind of seemed like a no-brainer to, to test that out and play around with it. Um, the beauty of that is, well, like kettlebell training, again, is we can develop that power and force without the same impact on our knees. And, uh, and yeah, like, uh, and, and the, I suppose the velocity, like, based trainer, like, the, the little push band thing really just helps you gauge how your reps are going, like, whether you... Because generally, otherwise, it's just like based completely on feel versus, you know, actually seeing the numbers. Yeah. yeah. Have you been finding it so far? Like, so you mentioned it's still kind of you're making up your mind, but can we get a little preliminary thought? Do you think it's worth it or you think it's kind of might be um, more of a gimmick? Because I've seen with VBT, there's kind of two camps, people who like are all for it, think it's the future and other people who are like, honestly, it's just it's a little bit of a gimmick right now. I think it depends on what your goals are. Really, and it all, everything comes back to what your goals are. If you are just looking to build like general strength and power, unnecessary, definitely unnecessary. If you are really focused on developing that, like it wouldn't be hard, it wouldn't hurt to have an actual gauge of what you're doing with it. Mm -hmm. nice. Nice, um, nice. I'm I'm actually curious about this. Uh, again, you're one of the first 
people I'm in contact with who regularly use this one. Um, how does this work? It seems to be just well, like honestly, I haven't I haven't used it for maybe a good three or four months or something. But it, it, I did use it consistently for a while. Right. So it's like an it's an arm it's an armband. Yeah. And are you able to? Are there a like? Are there a limited amount of exercises that you can use this for? Like, for example, if I were to do a snatch, is it feasible to to have this on and have it give me reliable data? I don't know how reliable the data is, to be honest with you. But the, like that that that's that's on a company. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the, like there there is a barbell attachment. We're, we're talking barbell snatch, right? Right. Yeah, there yeah. is a barbell attachment. There are like on the app, there are specific exercises that, uh, um, you know, that are in there. Um, because I haven't actually gotten any of their like, uh, what is it like their plans or like their athlete plans or whatever. I, I haven't looked too much on like the website through the through all the data. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm unfortunately I can't tell. I, I couldn't give you more information, guys. Like that. That's that was like I'm just playing around with this. I'm just seeing. And <laughs> still, still haven't fully made up my mind on it. Hey, that's all good. I think uh, even now I've seen a lot of people have the similar ideas of it, where it is kind of situational at this point, and uh, people who are very excited for it still, I think, still think the technology has a, some ways to go. But uh, still, awesome that you kind of played around with it, and it seems your training mentality now is kind of pretty open about trying new things, seeing what works, what doesn't, and just kind of playing around a bit more. Yeah, definitely. There is, I, I always like playing with the new toys and stuff, but then it always comes back down to uh, the basic things. Like it, it's always going to come back down to the basic things. If you don't want to spend a lot of time like doing setup and all this other stuff, it's just like, keep it simple. And, you know, honestly, for most, it's going to be more than enough. And I think that's something to me and Pat talk about is this like fitness and stuff is actually pretty simple. Like you don't really need a sophisticated workout program. You don't need all this advanced, crazy stuff. Like, I mean, you, with the kettlebells, you seem one of the good things about it is like, it doesn't even take too much time. Like you just get in there, you do your workout for a little bit and you get so many benefits. Um, What's kind of one of those lessons that you would say for this, like the average person who's just like your weekend warrior who just wants to get a little more fit, what would you tell them? Uh, what kind of like advice would you give them? Like just do something that's comfortable for you, comfortably challenging for you consistently for a long period of time. <laughs> that's the most like relaxed, non-aggressive take I've, I've probably ever heard from a trainer. And I love it. It's like uh, it. Like if anyone's ever like, if anyone ever actually consistently does that work, it's like magical, but it's not <laughs> magic. It's just, you did, you just did the work. You actually just did the work, but most people won't do the work. That's the problem with people. They won't even yeah, start doing absolutely. the work because uh, the, the mentality is very like, I need to go hard or it's not worth doing. And then when they go hard, it's like, oh, I can't do that again. And then they stop doing it. Nice. And so one now getting a little bit more into like your training mentality, um, you know, I noticed that most of your workouts, it's not very like high reps. Like you're not seeing, at least from what I know, I don't see stuff like three sets of 10 very often. I'm not seeing more than 12. Sometimes we're seeing like get ups and stuff for like ones or twos or threes. And you have very meticulous technique. And 
how much do you think that technique matters um, for trading? And and how much do you think, and sorry, let me rephrase that. Like the, the general kind of personal training ideas would say that you kind of need a lot of volume to grow and make progress um, as opposed to what you have, which is sort of like a daily microdose um, of training that as I've seen is always very meticulous and focused. It's kind of like deliberate practice. Um, what led you to think that kind of this approach might be superior to your regular high volume methods? Well, I, I think a lot of that stemmed from like my wushu training. Uh, we, we basically did the same basics almost every day without ever questioning it for like years, like, you know, 10 plus years, I was basically doing the same basics. you know, like the front stretch kick, the outside kick, inside kick, and you do it every single time, no matter what, without question. And over those years, over like that time where you're just doing these same things, you're just fine tuning it because you have goals of like what's considered perfect of these skills. Whereas with exercise, people see exercise as just completing a repetition and you're just trying to do as much as physically possible versus right. actually, you know, making it better. And, and there's, there is a, a, a beauty in like good technique as I'm sure you guys would agree. And, um, and I think also like that, that's one of the things that really drew me to strong for system, which is that's a lot of, of what the mentality is as well. Because even though you can't necessarily get perfection, you can strive towards that. And as a side benefit, you're getting a workout as you strive for that, you know, better, right? That, that progress. Nice. Nice. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, that's sort of the name of the gym too, right? Always make, always making progress and uh, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The like in terms of like the higher rep stuff, again, I, I mentioned earlier, it's like to what end? Um, for most people that don't like for most people that don't train in the gym already, like how much do they want to be like how muscular do they want to be? Clearly not that muscular because they otherwise they probably would have done something about it already. <laughs> right? It's like may, maybe they don't have time, whatever. Like but if it's that important to them, they would have done something about it. So the way I see it is I'd rather give the person like the minimum effective dose to get them a little bit stronger, build a little bit of muscle mass and, you know, save time. All right. Like that, that that's, that's where you kind of like learn to balance things out because you can't, obviously you can do as high volume as you want. You really, really want to grow, but that's where your goals are far beyond your average person. Right. That's, you know, that's really unique. And I, I think one day I'll have to get a, a training session in with you. It, it is really something that, um, I don't hear that very often. And, and even from coaches who are, um, practitioners of kettlebells, like a lot of it will still be, you know, a lot of how personal training works is like, we're going to make you sweat or we're doing like three by 10 and clients expect to sweat or with programming, you know, a lot of it is like, there's a lot of stuff written about numbers like sets and reps rather than about intent technique and, and, uh, and performance. And, and I think that's, you know, one of the reasons we wanted to get you on it's, it's a very unique training approach. It's very unlike well, what you typically see. We, we, we do work with sets and reps as well, but it's like the, the other way to think about it is rather than getting these sets and reps done, it's like you only get this many sets and reps to practice, right? right? This is the number of sets and reps you get to practice. 
do your best with it. Right. And then we just fine tune it as we go. Like, of course, sometimes volume increases some, like sometimes volume will increase. Sometimes volume will decrease. We tend to like to waive the loans. So you're not constantly just working incredibly hard, but they're like the, the intention is ideally mostly there (laughs) because there are going to be times where, you know, the person doesn't feel like really focusing. It's like, just as long as it's safe, we, we do our best to just make those adjustments and fine tune it as we go. Nice. Oh, fantastic. And that is definitely something I wish I did maybe focus more, especially earlier on in my lifting. Like I think for a lot of times, whenever I started doing any type of fitness, I had the mentality of, I have to go as hard as humanly possible. Like if I am not in a pool of sweat and exhausted at the end of it, I made a mistake. But now I'm kind of thinking like, okay, I still want to move and lift for like another 30, 40 years. Maybe I don't need to kill myself every time. Like maybe if I just go in and keep doing some good work, it'll be fine. So I maybe instead of just trying to max out every day, I can take it slow. Some days I don't feel the best and make sure I keep up that good technique. So 100%. uh, Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So like all like stuff you're saying is like, yeah, you know what? I I wish I knew that earlier. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Like that, that. Those are lessons that I learned as well, right? Like that it's taken 10 years to get to where I am now. And I like I still got many more years to go, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> many more years and many more things to learn. Um, yeah, it's like, but at the end of the day, like training wise, if you want it to, like, if you want, you have the rest of your life to train, right? So like, what's the rush? If you're not competing, you have the rest of your life to train to make your life just like comfortable, more fulfilling. And if you have large strength goals that are beyond just competing, you can keep getting stronger, right? I'm sure you guys have heard of Jennifer Thompson, who's just like a ridiculous bench presser at like what, 40 something years old, benched over 300 pounds and she's like 130 or something. Like I like, I can't like, (laughs) you know, like people can do incredible things, right? And you can keep doing that till you're, pretty old if you want to if you're smart about it man i i love hearing stories like that because i think it's such an old world thinking where it's like okay once you're past 30 your body's gonna break down like you're not gonna be able to do anything you're gonna be achy everywhere but you see so many examples of people like that who are like 30, 50, 60, 70, still doing some crazy features. like okay i want to be like that i want to be like a 70 year old who can still do a lot of stuff Exactly. Yeah. And you know what, honestly, when I, I, I keep saying it, when I get older, I'm probably just going to try to get as muscular as possible. You know, <laughs> yeah. like at that point when you got nothing better to do, right? Like, but it's like, yeah, it's just like, then I'll probably start doing more bodybuilding work. But if I have the base of strength that I built over these years, it's going to be like, you know, a lot different. It's going to be a lot easier. Nice. Nice. Well, Hey, um, that's covered a lot of great stuff. Um, Pat, you have any last few questions for Owen? Yeah, we're coming up on the hour. Um, I just want to open up the floor to you. Um, if people want to train with you as um, at Amfit or 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 anything, uh, how can they best? Uh, how can they reach you? How can they learn more uh, about that? So they can uh, check out our Instagram at AMPFIT. Honestly, we haven't posted anything for a while, but you know, it's it's still there. It's still there. Uh, <laughs> We also have the Facebook page, and if they are interested, we offer free consultations to new students. Uh, they can email us at info at amfit.ca. 
and uh, and then we'll get back to them, set up an appointment, and then they can go from there. So usually with new students, we do what's called the MSR package, which is more private sessions, which helps teach them the fundamentals. And then from there, they can like take it and you know apply it to the type of lifting or training they want to do or train on their own. Or we also have like semi-private training or further private training if that's something that they're interested in. Nice. Fantastic. That's good. Yeah, and hearing from you today, like for anyone who might be a little intimidated from going to a gym or just like not sure where to start, it seems like that would be a fantastic opportunity for someone. So any listeners here who are a little intimidated, it seems like you should take up Owen on that offer. All right. Absolutely. And uh, and where else can people reach you? Um, you mentioned Uncle Snapshop quite a few times and your personal Instagram. Uh, uh, do you want to shout those out? Okay, you can uh, check out my Instagram. It's Owen Chow, I guess, what my name is down here. <laughs> Without the space. And uh, Uncle Snack Shop is, uh, I guess, just Uncle Uncle's Snack Shop at, uh, on Instagram. Fantastic. And we'll include all of these links below in the description of this video or on our Spotify page. So definitely check those out. Well, Owen, again, thank you so much. It was a really great talking with you. Any last message you have for all the listeners? Just uh, keep training. Keep training, be consistent, and and then you'll definitely see the progress. I love hearing that. All right, Pat, you want to close us out today? Yeah, that's it for uh, today on Natty News. Um, go follow Owen. Go follow his pursuits. We know he's going to be killing it at the movies really, really soon. <laughs> um, and... Uh, Obviously, if you're on YouTube watching us, make sure to subscribe to us. If you're on Spotify, I believe you can subscribe also. Um, and if you know someone who'd be interested in listening to Natty News, um, sending in more listeners always helps us to grow. And I think that is it for today. Anything else, Anwar? No, I think so too. Well, anyways, hope you all are making those consistent Natty games. Natty News out, everyone. Natty News out. Hope you all enjoyed this week's episode of Natty News. If you'd like to learn more, be sure to check out our website www.natty.news. As well, check out our Instagram Natty News Podcast and Facebook page Natty News if you want to get a bit more Natty information.